0: baby you don't know what you do to me between me and you i feel like chemistry hey what's up hello everyone and welcome to the very second episode of fairies of feminism in this episode we'll be going over why there's a need for intersectionality within feminism what intersectionality is and how intersectionality can be utilized by the individual to make feminism a more inclusive environment for all women and all people. Before we begin this episode, I'd like to just implement a trigger warning for some of the content that will be discussed today and further episodes. Many of the things we talk about in this podcast will focus on different types of violence committed against trans people and trans women of color. This violence isn't necessarily limited to hate crimes or other forms of physical violence, but also institutional, symbolic, and individual violence that could be committed against trans women of color and trans people in general. Listener's discretion is advised. According to PBS Hour, with nearly two months left, 2021 has shattered the record of transgender homicides in a year with 45 to date, most of them being Black or Latinx people. Last year held the previous record with 44 trans murders. Now, before I continue with this episode, I'd also like to read an excerpt from the Harvard Civil Liberties Law Review. It states that violence against Black trans women has been accurately described as a pandemic within a pandemic. This summer, six Black trans women, all under the age of 32, were murdered in the span of nine days. Their deaths are a part of a horrifying pattern. Hate crimes against transgender and gender nonconforming individuals have been on the rise for years, with the number of murders in 2020 already almost surpassing that of 2019. Of the 26 victims so far this year and the 27 victims last year, the majority have been Black trans women under the age of 30. So as we continue throughout this podcast, I urge you to remember these statistics, internalize them, feel them, and reflect on them as an intersectional feminist. If you didn't have prior beliefs to listening to this podcast before about why trans women of color need to be thought of as being women and need to be thought of within the feminist movement, I hope to change your mind. Many people will hear these statistics and think to themselves, well, it's only 45 people. Let me break it down to you. The population in the United States is 30. 30- sorry, 329.5 million people. According to the UCLA School of Law, 1.4 million adults identify as transgender in the United States. And approximately 55% of that 1.4 million is non-white. So take the, I guess, 45% of black trans people in the United States. And think about how alarming these statistics are. Now, I wanted to open up these statistics because I wanted to stress the fact that trans women of color don't just suffer from being misgendered. A lot of people think that the biggest issue in trans inclusion is the misuse of pronouns. It's not. I mean, like, the misuse of pronouns is big, but it's not the biggest issue, honestly. And these statistics are here to prove it. Not only do these statistics show that transgender people face more than just being called the wrong gender, they also exemplify why intersectionality is important. Who is helping to elevate these voices? Why do I never walk past my living room and see an anchor person detailing the story of a transgender woman of color and how they were murdered or how a hate crime was committed against them? Why is the media coverage on these crimes so minimal? This is why I think intersectionality is important. To me, intersectionality is a way of thought. It's how we think about the ways identities crisscross and how they overlap to create unique experiences for every human and, um, and individual on Earth. This is something that I really picked up on from reading Patricia Hill Collins and, um, just interacting with intersectional feminists on social media from a young age, intersectionality is extremely important. To understand how your identities work together um, or even work against you, in the case that we're discussing in this podcast for trans women of color, it's important. And it's important to know, especially when navigating your everyday life. This is why I think that discussing Emmy Koryama and Andrea Bolivar is a great introduction to exposing the listeners and anybody who's just curious to what intersectionality is. Because I believe that they detail how the crossroads of identities works very well. One of the main reasons I decided to create this podcast was the weaponization of feminism against trans women of color. This is something that I think Emmy Koyuma's article, Whose Feminism Is It Anyway? The unspoken racism of the trans inclusion debate touches on very much. And I think she touches on it very well if I'm to be the judge of it. But it acts as a response to the Michigan Women's Music Festival and their woman born only rule or woman-born, woman-only rule. And I think that this world example is pretty eye-opening in terms of learning to be intersectional because it specifically refers to the lebanization of Black bodies against trans bodies. Now, as I mentioned before, this specific example isn't a type of violence that the statistics covered. This is a type of violence that I feel like trans women of color face on a daily basis of their identities and the intersection of their identities not being understood. I bring up the weaponization of black bodies against trans bodies to say that this is an example of how feminism is used against trans women of color instead of being inclusive to them. What do we think? about trans women being black black or brown and trans. They literally fall in the intersection here. And I think that's so interesting in terms of finding a space where all women can exist on the intersection together. And to tie it back into why I even bring up the weaponization of black bodies against trans bodies is because both groups of women here are oppressed. Both groups of women live on the intersection of race and gender and um, sexuality and in most cases, class. And I think that this is just an overall example of how feminism needs intersectionality, why feminism needs intersectionality and who feminism is really catered to and why articles like Koyama's is prevalent and important for us to interact with as feminists. I also think a lot about Gloria and Dué here because in La Frontera or The Borderlands, she writes about living on this intersection as a queer Chicana woman and how this affects her ability to move around society. I think this is relevant because it proves that holding multiple identities changes how you interact with the world around you and how this world interacts with you back. Now in the case of Koyama, the music festival hailed women. This was not an issue at first until the host came out and said woman born woman. Koyama points out that this is not only racist, but is also transphobic and classist for numerous different reasons. I also think that this idea of hailing specific women sticks out to me and also Koyama because it doesn't specifically talk about trans women of color here. I think there is a message pertaining to them, although it's not explicit. You can be black and you can be a woman, but you cannot be more than that. And I think that this presents the same issue that including lesbian women in the feminist movement in the 60s and 70s presented first wave feminist or second wave feminist. It takes the focus off a cisgendered white woman and their ability to progress in a male-dominated society without having to change anything. I think this is important in terms of discussing Bolivar's argument, too, and this pussy actually grabs back. Because the biggest issue that Bolivar addresses is the fact that involving pussy in your form of activism is transphobic in classes itself. Because not all women can afford to be quote-unquote real women. Boulevard talks about how the pussy hat was pink. Brown and black women do not have pink genitalia. Like it's not a thing. And um, this obsession with genitalia is honestly super alarming to me. It's like the bathroom problem and why people get their panties in a bunch over gender neutral bathrooms. And it enforces this idea that gender is not the only thing in the world that matters. and it, honestly seems like it is a lot of the times, like people minimize the effects of racism. But the issue that trans women of color bring to the table is an even larger issue that surrounds the intersection of all of these identities. And I think that mainstream feminism has an issue with that because mainstream feminism is about the dichotomy. Now, to tie everything back in, To how this relates to violence against trans women and the statistics that I brought up earlier, this is the same type of violence that prompted white establishments under Jim Crow to throw up a sign that said white only over water fountains. Violence against trans women and trans women of color specifically is a huge issue. And it's an issue that needs to be addressed in movements like feminism, which poses itself to be inclusive. Because feminism has a say feminism has a voice in society, although some parties may lie like that, and some people may not fully agree with that. Feminism has a spot at the table, and often is a ridic- ridiculed spot, but it's still a spot. And I think that it's super important to talk about these things, um, especially the things that were addressed in Bolivar's uh, in Bolivar's argument or article, because trans women of color live on this intersection. I mean, when feminist movements go out and we do these big rallies and it's a rally that doesn't apply to half of the women there, it's pointless. It's not, we're not progressing anything. And I think it's so important to understand that trans women of color need special attention. We, They need, The ability to speak up without people speaking over them and I think that that's really just like the point of this podcast like I just want to elevate the voices of trans women of color because I know that although they may be yelling it's heard as a whisper and the issue of the intersection of gender, race, class, ethnicity, and all of these other things in society, they cause significant hardships for these women. And there is really just a need to get over that. Like, intersectionality needs to be the new mainstream feminism. And that's my opinion, and I'm sticking to it. I just want to thank you again for tuning into this second episode of Fairies of Feminism. Um, I know that this episode was kind of dense, and it was more so me just like ranting about why trans women of color should be included in feminism. But I think that's the point. I think that it's important for us to understand that intersectionality is needed and it's especially needed in social movements like feminism, because feminism is for women and women come in so many different shapes, sizes, colors, whatever you want to call it. Um, But yes, just think about those statistics and, think about what you can do to be more inclusive and to think intersectionality in your everyday life. Thank you and have a great day.